Love the dance moves, parents. That was awesome. Well done. You did great. Um, and here's the goal. Hopefully, listen, hopefully we've made it so incredibly awkward right now that it's no longer awkward, right? Like some kind of reverse psychology or something. So that was, that was good. Well done. Parents, we're glad you're here. I promise we won't make you dance again unless you want to, unless you're really feeling the spirit. Now, here's, here's the deal. We're, we're not used to spending a lot of time in any room, much less this room. But, um, and so I know that's kind of why we're feeling a little bit awkward right now, or this is weird, or whatever we're feeling in the moment. But this is a good thing. All right, this is a good thing, and, and not the dancing part. But it's a good thing in that we're in the room together. Because I really believe that families are vital to us experiencing the kind of life that God wants us to live. And there's, for whatever reason, there are so many barriers, there are so many things that keep us from, from experiencing and, and living in that, the kind of healthy family that God desires for us to experience. And so it's good for all of us to be in the room together. The goal for us, we want to challenge us. We, wanna, we want you over the next couple weeks to be encouraged as a student, to be encouraged as a parent. And hopefully for all of us to walk out to be committed to, to working to improve our family relationships. Not to kind of throw our hands up and, and, and throw in the towel and go, this is worthless, I'm not going to try. But to be committed to working toward the healthier relationships that God desires all of us to experience. And so that's the goal, and that's why we're, we're doing what we're doing over the next couple weeks. Now, I want to I challenge all of us with something over the next couple weeks as we're in here. All right, and the challenge is this, not for us to point the finger across the room and blame our student or blame our parent and go, yeah, you do this and you should stop doing this or whatever. Uh, I'm going to challenge all of us not to do the finger pointing of blame, but rather over the next couple weeks for all of us together just to kind of look at ourselves and go, what is it that I can do to improve the relationships in my family? What are the things that I can control? What are the actions that I can take? What are the decisions that I can make? that are going to push further and closer towards a healthier family relationship, all right? So I know that's going to be difficult for us, and we hear something to go, yeah, my mom does that. I wish you'd stop, or yeah, I wish my teenager would stop doing that, or whatever. But for us, rather, to look and say, what is it that I can do to fix or change or resolve in my mind so that we can move forward and experience the kind of relationship that God desires, all right? So that's kind of the challenge as we start. Now, I know that there are... There are some of us that, that feel like we've got the perfect family. <laughs> what was it with the groans? Here's, here's the reality. All of us, all of us need help when it comes to family situations. All right? Now, some of us, we might kind of put up a front and make everybody feel like, you know what, we've got the perfect family. And, you know, we, we do a good job of kind of giving the appearance that everything is fine, that there's no problems, there's no issues, that we're humming along, we're one big happy family, we love each other so much, everything is just great. And yet behind the scenes, a lot of times it's a much different story. Like for example, the family in this video that I want you guys to watch. So go ahead and take a look at this and we'll talk about it. Well, maybe if you actually made your curfew once in a while, you could have freedom 
All right, now maybe some of you can relate to that. All right, maybe you, you kind of know how to put up a front to people and make, make the appearance that everything is just fine, and yet maybe internally things are completely out of control. Now, just like there are no perfect people, the truth is there are no perfect families. All right, and I think all of us, if we were honest tonight, could agree with that, that understanding, that there are no perfect families. That every single family has imperfections, every single family has some levels of dysfunction, some levels of unhealth, we've got issues that go on. And if we're to experience the kind of family relationships that God wants, we have to start by admitting that we need his help. We have to stop, start by taking a step back and go, you know what, we don't have it all figured out, we don't have everything perfect there are, there are things and issues, maybe big, maybe small, but there are issues that we need to focus on and work on in order to experience the kind of healthier relationship that God wants. And the reason is this, because when we ask God, God's help, we're understanding and we're saying to God that we understand that you were the one that created the family. At the end of the day, the family was God's idea. God's the one that came up with this whole idea and concept of family. And maybe for some of you students in the room, you look at it and go, and, and your own family, and you say, this is a terrible idea. My family is ridiculous. I never want to have a family when I get older because of what I experience on a daily basis. And we have a kind of a bad taste in our mouth. But the truth is, the family was God's idea. God set it up and established it. But if we're to experience the kind of family that God wants, then we have to be committed to, to doing it the way that God has created it in order to to reap the benefits and the rewards that a healthy family provides. Now, for you parents in the room, or maybe even some of you new students that, um, that aren't aware, we've been, over the course of this entire year, we've been looking through the book of Ephesians and kind of moving through it. And so that's where we're going to be tonight in Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, so if you guys have your Bibles tonight, go ahead and open to Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, if you don't have it, we've got it on the screen. We've got, uh, we gave you some notes with it, so we took care of you tonight. So Ephesians chapter 6 is what we're going to look at. And in these couple verses that we're going to look at tonight, Paul has some very uh, important instructions for us in order to experience healthy family relationships. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a warning and kind of a setup. All right, students, we're going to focus a little bit more tonight on you guys <laughs> as the groans happen. And then next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about the, the, the parent relationship. And so that's kind of where, where we're going tonight. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Paul says this. He starts off and he says, children, all right? And for the sake of the audience, let's substitute that for teenagers. Teenagers, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and your mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. All right, so Paul starts off and he gives a really simple statement that's incredibly difficult to actually put into action. All right, maybe some of you students automatically saw ch uh, teenagers obey your parents and you started rolling your eyes and going, oh, this is going to be ridiculous. Here we go. Because it's easy to, to read on a page and yet it's difficult sometimes to put into action. But Paul says that it's important for us as teenage, for teenagers to obey your parents. Now, why does he say that? He gives two specific reasons. He says, number one, because you belong to the Lord. And number two, because this is the right thing to do. All right, now he says, this is the right thing to do because God is the one that has put this in place. This was God's idea. 
And the way that it works and the way that God has structured the family is for mom and dad to be in authority over their children. Now, that, that authority can be abused and it can turn, it can go in, in the wrong direction and all that kind of stuff, but that's how God has established it and created it, is for the, the mom and the dad to be in authority over the children. And so, because God has established it, this is the way that God has created for it, for it to go, then it is the right thing to do. And so the first reason he gives is that children obey your parents because this is the right thing to do. The other reason he gives is because you belong to the Lord. He says for us, if we have made a decision to follow Jesus, if we have in our hearts have said, God, I am following you, I am giving my life to you, and I am turning my life over to you because of what you've done for me on the cross, then my life now belongs to you. And I'm now gonna submit to the, the way that you've created things to be and the commands that you've put in place and the instructions that you've given and the things that you have, have put and established for me so that I can experience the kind of life that you want me to experience because my life belongs to you. And I've met a lot of students, far too many students over the years who have said, man, I love Jesus with all of my heart and yet I hate my parents with all of my heart. And there's kind of this and almost feeling like it's all right to feel that way. And yet the truth is there's no way for us as a follower of Jesus to be able to have those kind of emotions and those feelings and to have those kind of, of beliefs in our own heart. Because we have given our hearts to Jesus if we claim to love God. We belong to God. We have received the forgiveness that Jesus offers us through the cross. And because we have received that, we now have a responsibility to live and to treat people with love the way that Jesus treats people and loves people, including those people who God has placed in authority over us, our parents. So it's impossible for us to say, God, I love you with all my heart and I just wanna serve you so much, but man, I hate my mom and my dad and I just wish they would die or whatever, all right? A little bit dramatic. But to have those kind of mixed views if we belong to, to the Lord. And Paul's saying, look, you can't have that mixture if you claim to love Jesus. You belong to the Lord, so you have to walk in obedience to what God is calling you. Now, some teenagers, and, and maybe some in this room right in this moment, feel like mom and dad are out to ruin my life. All right? Teenagers, how many of you guys have ever felt that way? Oh, come on, whatever. You guys are liars. Hey, I've felt that way sometimes. All right, mom, dad, what in the world's going on? What are you doing you are making ridiculous choices and decisions and you're, you are ruining my life, all right? And maybe we felt that way sometimes. Maybe we feel that way in this moment where mom and dad and the decisions they're making and the commands that they're given and the instruction that they're giving to us is ruining our life or is causing us harm or causing us damage. And yet God says in this passage, he says that a father and mother's instructions will actually lead to a long life. Rather than it causing us harm and damage and ruining our life, it actually, when we submit and when we walk in obedience to our mom and dad's instructions, it actually leads to a long life. And God makes a promise to us as children to say, if you will obey your mom and your dad, if you will walk in obedience to what they're, they're telling you to do, then it will, you will experience a better life than if you ignore your parents and choose to do your own thing. Now that's a promise that God gives to us. 
And we may sometimes think, you know what, I'm just gonna ignore my parents and blow them off and do my own thing and do what I wanna do and then somehow be confused that it has led to more destruction or more damage to our life. And God makes the promise that if you will walk in accordance to your mom and dad's commands, it will lead to a longer life. Now, Proverbs chapter six actually takes it a step further. All right, and here's what it says, starting in verse 23. It says, my son and my daughter, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instructions. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. For their command is a lamp and their instruction a light. Their corrective discipline is the way to life. So Solomon here, who is the wisest person that has ever lived, is inspired by God to write these words, and he paints this picture of, if you will walk in obedience to your mom and your dad's instructions, then it will lead to a longer life. It will protect you. It will guide you. It will be like a lamp, and an instruction is like a light to your feet. Now, it's important to understand here that we're not talking about any commands or any instructions, or any words, all right? Paul, or, or Solomon here is talking about godly instructions. He's talking about godly commands. And it's a challenge for, for parents in the room to make sure that the commands and the instructions and the wisdom that you are giving your teenager is biblical. That it's not, hey, this is dad's top 10 wisest sayings, or this is common sense, or I've just kind of figured this out in, in my life's you know, journeys or whatever, that the, that the things that we give and the commands and the instructions that we give our son and our daughter, that we have to make sure that they are biblical, that they're godly instructions and godly commands, because it's only those commands that lead to life when sons and daughters obey them. So it's a challenge for us as parents to make sure that we are giving instructions and wisdom and counsel that is biblical and godly. But Solomon says, when our parents give us godly commands and and counsel, and when we walk in obedience to that, we will experience life. It protects us from the dangers of this world, and it lights our path. Now, I think there are a couple of reasons why it's difficult for teenagers in the room to live out what these verses are saying and actually walk in obedience to to, to their mom and their dad's commands. All right, I think there's a couple things, and it leads us to our main point, our summary tonight. And so you guys have your notes. I want you to go ahead and write this down. And this is kind of our summary and what we're talking about tonight. Healthy families often become unhealthy families because of a lack of trust and a lack of communication. All right, let me say that again. Healthy families often become unhealthy families because of a lack of trust and a lack of communication. Now, I think those are the two main issues why, for you teenagers in the room, a lot of times it's so difficult and you struggle so much in walking in obedience. And so I want to talk for a few minutes about those two things. The first is just a lack of trust. When it comes down to us teenagers, for some of us in the room, we simply don't trust our mom and our dad. And maybe we look at it, maybe the reason why is because they've hurt us in the past. Maybe the decisions that they've made have, have, have caused us damage or harm. Maybe they've given poor advice or counsel before. Maybe for whatever reason, we just think we're smarter than them. All right, I can't imagine any of you guys think that, but maybe we do. 
All right, maybe we just think we've got it figured out and we're smarter than mom and dad. But for whatever the reason, for some of us in the room, there is a lack of trust between us and our mom or our dad. And because there is that lack of trust, there is an unhealthy relationship in our family. And that lack of trust can cause so many issues. And we we were just reading Proverbs chapter six, and I think because a lot of times there's a lack of trust that we have towards mom or dad, when we read verses like Proverbs chapter six, this is what we think it actually says. All right, we read what it really says, but this is what in our minds we think because of our lack of trust. Obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart, tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will trip you up. When you sleep, they will give you nightmares. When you wake up, they will ruin your life. For their command is a knife in the back and their instructions are annoying. Their corrective discipline is the way to a slow, painful death. Now, maybe because there is a lack of trust in our heart towards mom or dad, we look at verses like that and that's what we think it's saying. Or that's what we feel in our own heart is gonna happen if we actually live in in obedience to mom and dad's commands. See, when there is a lack of trust involved, it is impossible to have a healthy relationship. And a lack of trust a lot of times will cause us to think that that, the things that that person says to us or the things that that person does to us is a lie and that they are only out to cause us harm. And it doesn't matter what they say or what they do in our mind because there is a lack of trust towards them. We automatically assume that the things that they're saying to us or wanna do to us is, is for our own destruction. Now students, believe it or not, and I know this sounds crazy, but your parents are not out to ruin your life. Now, I know it may seem like that sometimes, all right? I know they may make some terrible decisions that have damaging consequences for you or for your family. But I will promise you that your mom or your dad didn't wake up one morning and go, hey, I've got a great idea. Let's totally screw up Susie's life so that she completely hates our guts. Won't that be awesome? All right, I will promise you that that conversation has not taken place. In fact, I, I have no doubt that the parents in this room, and even the parents that are not in this room, I don't know of any parent that doesn't want to be the best parent that they can possibly be. Now, it doesn't mean that they're always that. And it doesn't mean that they don't make mistakes or they don't fall short. But I don't know of a parent that in their mind has the intention to be the worst parent ever. That they desire to be the best parent that they can possibly be. And sometimes being the best parent means that you won't always like the instructions that they give you. All right, sometimes they will have to make decisions that you will not like. All right, there were some times, like I said earlier, that my parents made decisions and I'm like, what in the crap? What does that mean? You're telling me I can't do what? This makes no sense to me. And there are moments where you will feel like the instructions that they are giving are causing you more damage or more harm. And sometimes they will have to make decisions that you will not like. But their responsibility as a parent is not to just let you do whatever they want or whatever you want. Although moms and dads, sometimes we do that, unfortunately. But their responsibility is not to let you do whatever you want to do. Their responsibility is to honor God by the way that they raise you. 
And sometimes that's gonna mean making difficult decisions. And so maybe the reason why you don't like to obey them has little to do with the commands that they're giving and it has everything to do with a lack of trust in your own heart towards them. And my challenge to you guys is you will never experience the kind of healthy relationship with your mom or your dad that God wants you to experience as long as that lack of trust is there. That it has to be worked through. It has to, you have to focus towards fixing whatever the reason is why there is a lack of trust. Now, parents, if there is a lack of trust between you and your teenager, my challenge to you is to take the initiative and work to, to resolve it. Be the one that goes into them. If you are aware of this lack of trust, maybe you know that there are issues and, and reasons, maybe it's mistakes that you've made as a parent. To be the one to initiate dialogue and to sit them down and go, hey, let's talk through this and let's figure out why the, these things are going on. Why is there this lack of trust? And then my challenge to you is to actually sit and listen to them. To allow them to share their frustrations with you. To share the reasons why there is that lack of trust and why they're frustrated and why when you give commands to them, they automatically buck up against that. And to sit and be willing to listen and then together to work towards a resolution. To together to resolve, to fix this lack of trust that's in the relationship. But parents, take the initiative on that. Go to them and say, hey, let's talk through this. This, this is unhealthy for us to have this lack of, tw- of trust between us. Now, the other reason, other than lack of trust, is a lack of communication. I believe that a lot of the, re- the issues between parents and teens happens because of either poor communication or no communication at all. All right, and some of you guys can raise your hand on that and say, man, there is no communication going on. Or if there is, it's not the, not the good kind. I mean, and I think that's true of every relationship. If there is terrible communication between my, myself and my wife, we will have a terrible relationship. All right, it doesn't matter what the relationship is. If there is no communication between those two parties, then the relationship cannot be healthy. And so students, maybe sometimes we don't like what our parents say. And so rather than coming to them and trying to open up communication and talk about it, we march upstairs to our room and we slam the door and we break off communication with them. Or maybe sometimes even worse, we log on to our Twitter or our Facebook page and we communicate, but we, via Facebook or Twitter, we communicate all the reasons why our parents are idiots and have no idea what in the world they're doing. All right, and rather than, rather than fixing the problem, all we've done is made the situation worse. And parents, we're guilty of that too. We communicate by screaming and yelling at the top of our lungs, why don't you listen to me and you will do what I say and you know, that's the way that we communicate. Or we communicate by shutting our student down when they come to us and saying, I don't wanna listen to you right now, just do what I say. And rather than inviting dialogue and inviting conversation and communication and working together, we shut it off, we close it down and go, I don't care what you have to say. And rather than making the situation better, we've made it worse. When there is little communication or no communication at all, or poor communication, we will not experience the kind of healthy relationships that God wants us to experience. I mean, the bottom line is we we just have to learn to communicate with each other. Students, when you guys have an issue with your parent, 
go to them, even though you may think that they won't listen to you and they'll just shut you down, that you go to them and you say, look, in a, in a rational way, let's have a conversation, all right? Not to the point if you're, you know, upset and you're ticked off or whatever, maybe you need to just take some time and cool down. And then go to them and say, look, I just want to have a conversation with this. And let's talk through this. And I don't understand why you're making this decision and why you won't allow me to do whatever it is I want to do. Or why you're giving me this instruction. And to go to them and rather than shutting down communication or communicating in a wrong way, that you go to them and try to resolve whatever conflict there may be. For the parents that we open up, rather than shutting them down, I think a lot of times teenagers are okay with not getting their way as long as they feel like their voice is being heard. And as long as they feel like, well, mom and dad are listening to me and they're understanding where I'm coming from, and then I think sometimes they're okay with that as long as they feel like their voice is being heard. And so rather than closing off communication or communicating by screaming at them at the top of your lungs or slamming doors or whatever may happen, that we learn to communicate the right way. We have to be willing to listen and and hear the other person's perspective. But when we communicate properly, it will help improve our family relationships. James 5.16 says this, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Maybe the communication that needs to happen in the days to come, or, or tonight even, is to extend forgiveness, to confess things. Maybe there's mistakes that have been made. Maybe, there, maybe there's attitudes that have, that have taken place. Maybe there are words that have said that have caused a lot of damage to one party or the other. And maybe the communication that needs to happen is to go and to confess to each other and go, look, I have messed up. I screwed this up. I made a terrible decision. I hurt you. I hurt this family. Um, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have, have had that attitude or whatever. And to confess the, sin to, the sins to each other, like James says, so that you may be healed. Healthy families often become unhealthy families because of a lack of trust and a lack of communication. Man, when both of us, students and parents, say, I am resolving in my own mind and in my own heart to work towards whatever lack of of trust there may be, to work towards fixing that. If there's a lack of communication, to work towards that. Then we will begin to see God move in the hearts and, and in the lives of the people in our family. And we'll begin to see the kind of family that God wants us to experience. But Paul says, obey your parents. If you obey your parents, if you listen to your father and your mother's instructions, it will go well with you and you will live a long life on the earth. Students, we don't have the option of just saying, you know what, I'm just going to blow them off and do whatever I want to do. Understanding that mom and dad have been placed in authority by God over you, not so that they can dominate you, not so that they can take advantage of it and make you do everything that that, that they want you to but so that they, because they have a responsibility to lead you and guide you according to what God's word says. And if, if we want to experience the kind of healthy families that God desires, we, we have to stop fighting against each other and stop, start fighting for each other. And for students, that involves walking in obedience and stop you know, going, going crazy over every command or instruction that your mom and dad give you. 
that you try to see things from their perspective. For parents, that you make sure that the counsel you're giving to your students is godly counsel. That it's only those instructions, only that godly wisdom that leads to life. So my question for you guys tonight, and as we break into groups and have a chance to talk in just a few minutes, is are there decisions that you are making that are contributing to the lack of trust and the lack of communication? And if, if we want to experience the kind of healthy families that God desires, we, we have to stop fighting against each other and stop, start fighting for each other. And for students, that involves walking in obedience and stop you know, going, going crazy over every command or instruction that your mom and dad give you. That you try to see things from their perspective. For parents, that you make sure that the counsel you're giving to your students is godly counsel. That it's only those instructions, only that godly wisdom that leads to life. So my question for you guys tonight, and as we break into groups and have a chance to talk in just a few minutes, is are there decisions that you are making that are contributing to the lack of trust and the lack of communication? And if so, what is it that you can do to work towards fixing that? Not pointing the finger and going, yeah, but you don't understand. They're making this decision and they're making me do this or you know, they won't listen to what I say or whatever. But looking in your own heart and going, what is it that I can do and, and control to work towards a healthier relationship with my student or with my parent? And until we resolve to do that, we will continue to watch our families wallow through dysfunction. And we will be frustrated because our family situation isn't what it ought to be. But when we do it the way that God wants us to do it, we will experience life and we'll experience healthy family relationships. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you again for the students that are here tonight. God, I thank you for the parents that are in the room. God, I thank you for the truth of your word. God, I thank you that even in those times where it is difficult to hear, God, I thank you for the life that it brings. God, I thank you that the the truth that your life, that your word gives when we choose to to live in accordance to it. God, I know that there are are minor issues and there are major issues that that are going on in families throughout this room. And God, we don't in any way expect tonight for all of those things to be resolved. Some of those have taken years and years of poor decisions or of things that have happened for for it to get to the point that we're at. But God, I pray that for all of us in the room that we would at least resolve to say we understand that if we do it the way that you desire for us to do it, God, that, that we will experience healthy family relationships. Understand, God, that you desire for us to to experience healthy family relationships. And God, I pray that you would give all of us wisdom, students and parents both, to make those difficult decisions, to understand the things that we can do, the decisions that we can make, the attitudes that we can change, the words that we can confess, so that rather than pushing away from a healthy family relationship because it's too difficult or because we feel like it's Uh, It's useless or it won't do any good. God, I pray that we would work towards a healthier family relationship. God, I pray where there is a lack of trust, God, that you you would help us to understand why and to be willing to deal with those things and talk through those issues.
God, I pray where there is a lack of communication, God, I pray that you would open up the doors of communication. God, that rather than running away from it, God, that we would run to it. God, when we run to you, when we do things the way that you've created and designed it, God, we experience life. And so, God, I pray that you would bring healing, that you would bring restoration, God, in the big, in the big areas and in the small areas. God, I pray that you would bring health to our families. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.